When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Our guy, Dalvin Cook, he wants to carry the load this season up in Minnesota. Well, our very own TD thinks Cook will actually be one of the breakout stars of 2019. He projects him to have 1,150 rush yards. That would put him in sixth place mm. in the league if you look at what happened last season. Okay. So Cook, he had 969 rush yards. 969 his first two seasons combined, okay? okay. So that's a high praise from TD and a high okay. expectation. More or less than at 11.5. That right there was from NFL Network discussing Delvin Cook and his 2019 season. Welcome into Purple Daily. Yeah, it is uh, July 2nd, and NBA free agency is starting to wind down a little bit, but Kawhi Leonard still hasn't decided where he's going to go. NHL free agency, um, the Wild drew a lot of headlines that called their general manager insane. So that's always fun, but we are here every day talking football from 2 to 4. And uh, in studio with me is Danny Cunningham for the first hour. Rami Maklov will be in the second hour. And with Rami, we've got a lot of potential Hall of Famers to talk about. So there was a, an article on Pro Football Talk suggesting that the Football Hall of Fame could put in 20 people next year for its 100th season or 100th uh, year in existence that they could put in 20 people in the Hall of Fame. So Rami and Seems I are like a lot. That. Yeah, that, that would be a lot. They put in eight usually. Am I going to make it? Uh, no, probably not. Uh, maybe as a reporter um, in the Basketball Hall of Fame 50 years from now. Maybe. That'd be cool. That's possible. Um, but with you, Danny, I have something else to discuss that relates to your sport of choice, basketball. Because on SB Nation, a former Minnesota Viking, Jeff Schwartz, posted an article about ways to make the NFL's free agency a lot more like basketball. So perfect for the intersection of myself, the football reporter, and yourself, the basketball reporter. So let us discuss. The first thing on the list that Jeff Schwartz talks about is dumping the franchise tag. Okay. And this is something that in both uh, the WNBA and the NFL... I just do not understand. The WNBA has a version of this, and mm -hmm. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's a franchise tag. And when they send out the list of potential free agents, and the NFL is this way too, you look at them and say, okay, well, yeah, that's certainly a list of free agents, but since the teams can just franchise tag that player, that eliminates like half of the list. And going into the next CBA, 
I think NFL players that this should be at the very top. And you'll have to explain to me if there's anything comparable in the NBA. I don't think there is. So if there wasn't, that would allow way more free agents to hit the market if they could not be franchise tagged. I would say the closest thing to a franchise tag is having restricted free agency, where if you are a player like Tyus Jones right now, the Wolves extended a qualifying offer to him, making him a restricted free agent. He can go out and sign a deal with any other team and offer sheet, but the Wolves have the opportunity to match that offer sheet. That's probably the closest thing to to the franchise tag where someone's kind of available, but you really don't know, something like that. I, I would compare those two, I suppose. Well, it's really interesting that the NBA teams use the offer sheets all the time, it seems like. And in the NHL, it's very rare if anyone gets an offer sheet. In fact, you if you're a real NHL person, you can name the last couple that have happened. There was one for Thomas Vanek years ago from the Edmonton Oilers, and then Sebastian Ajo from uh, Carolina just got one from Montreal. But it really does not happen very often. Uh, Shea Weber was one that got an offer sheet, and then Nashville decided to match a couple of years ago. But it just doesn't happen much if the NFL switched to a restricted free agency as opposed to a franchise tag. That would open things up a lot more. I also think, and this is not on Jeff Schwartz's list, but if more players who are especially big-name quarterbacks were willing to push it the way that Kirk Cousins was, because these NBA players, they don't feel like their careers could end, even though what we've seen from Kevin Durant with the uh, Achilles injury is very serious and threatens his career. For the most part, they know exactly how long they're going to play in the NBA, and that is one of the biggest differences, because if you're an NFL player and you're a quarterback, and you saw what happened with Teddy Bridgewater and how much money Teddy Bridgewater lost by having his knee fall apart, and the team comes to you and says, hey, 100 mil, stick around. And a lot of times you're just going to say, okay, we well, let's sign this so I don't lose my $100 million. Kirk Cousins was one of the exceptions, and I don't know of any other quarterback that I've seen do this, that just pushed his team and pushed his team and pushed his team. And it still took from 2012 all the way to 2016 or I'm sorry, 2018, for him to finally end up on the free agent market after the uh, 2017 season. So it took a really long time from when he was drafted to finally become a free agent. I think it would be interesting if the NFL eliminated the ability to sign players to an extension whenever. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe all these players that they can have their contracts extended or reworked whenever the team feels like talking about it with the player, they can come to a new agreement, right? There is an exception, I believe, with players on the fifth year option, I think. But that's that they have that's to get really under a it. certain wire. But but that's it. Where yes. in the NBA it's the opposite. There are a couple of different exceptions where there are times you can sign an extension. Like today, earlier today, news broke that the 76ers and Ben Simmons are nearing terms on a five-year maximum extension. And we saw it with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins here in Minnesota. But those are rarities compared to how many guys hit the open market. If in the NFL, say you only get a certain period of time to discuss an extension with your quarterback. Mm -hmm. How more often do those guys actually hit the open market? Especially if the whole franchise tag, which we already talked about, is eliminated. I think if you eliminate the ability to sign an extension whenever, probably leads to more guys in free agency too. Right, because you would be fighting the battle uh, for the most money you could possibly get as, say, a star quarterback Let's say it's Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. and he's going back and forth with the team. Now, Russell Wilson set 
his own deadline and said he wouldn't sign after that. But that's just, you know, something you say when you're negotiating with a team. If there was a hard deadline, an open window where you could sign, then I think that window would probably close more often on certain players and teams would just say, sorry, I know that you said it at $40 million a year, but that's just not ever going to happen. Sorry, guy. Um, the, The next one on Jeff Schwartz's list is pretty interesting that he wants to make or in order to make NFL free agency more exciting, an adjustment to the salary cap to make it similar to have a luxury tax. I was going to bring that up. Get rid of the hard cap. I think that having a hard cap is, I don't want to call it dumb because I understand why you have it, but I like the soft cap of the NBA better where you can go over the cap and into the tax to sign your own guys. It costs you more money to do so, but I don't feel as if a team like the Vikings should be penalized if they want to pay extra money to keep Kyle Rudolph, for example, or or just X player wants to sign an extension and the team's going to end up over the salary cap. I don't feel like that should cost someone else their job the way it does in the NFL. I think that eliminating the hard cap and making it a soft cap would do wonders for NFL. Yeah, part of that is you don't get the same type of benefit from having a great ownership or an ownership with deep pockets as you do in the NBA. So if you're the Minnesota Vikings and you have ownership that's willing to pay off uh, or pay out, it, it has helped the Vikings with the fact that they can give a lot of money up front. They can give a lot of bonus money, a lot of cash out of their pockets. This was supposedly the reason that Khalil Mack couldn't stay in Oakland was but before they moved to Vegas, Mark Davis just simply didn't have the money to pay out up front to Khalil Mack to design a contract the way it would work for them. And Chicago did have that type of money. So the Vikings do miss out on having an advantage of their ownership being able to pay a ton of cash to keep certain players. So for an example here would be Sheldon Richardson. If you had a tax and a soft cap as opposed to the hard cap, Maybe the Vikings keep Sheldon Richardson and just pay out over the tax and they get to give him as much money as they want to give him to to stay at their defensive tackle position as opposed to having to just bring back Shamar Steffen. Now, where this could get really crazy, though, is when you talk about those quarterbacks. And there is an issue here in the NFL that I think the NBA has to an extent, too, is someone like Patrick Mahomes, if there was not a hard cap, or say there was some sort of quarterback exception to the salary cap. That'd be interesting, too. That really would be. Um, But then what you have, and what you already have, is the Vikings are paying $84 guaranteed to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is probably, let's just even say, the 13th or 15th best quarterback in the NFL. Just somewhere in that range we can all kind of agree on. Somewhere between 10 at his best and 20th at his absolute worst is Kirk Cousins. And if you are Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen or Harrison Smith is a top three safety in the NFL, and you look over at the quarterback of the team, and he is making guaranteed money three times what you are to be in the middle of the pack of his team, as opposed to you are the best player in your position, I think the NBA suffers from that a little bit with some of the max deals. I mean, Andrew Wiggins making max when he's not the best player on the Wolves. But for the most part, I think you look at a LeBron, a Durant, a Kyrie, and no, if you're one of those other players, yeah, I mean, that guy's going to be the reason we win or we don't win, so they have to pay him that much. With the NFL, it, it is a really unique position to be in to have certain players taking up 15 to 20% of the salary cap, and then everybody else 
Anthony Barr, Daniil Hunter, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, these guys all have to take pay cuts or less money than they would on the open market because of the quarterback. It makes a lot of sense to me to have a quarterback exception where you could pay the quarterback whatever amount of money you want to and that everybody else has a salary cap. Yeah, that would be interesting. And part of the thing, maybe if you structure these contracts in the NFL the same way that NBA contracts are structured in terms of there's a max contract depending on your years of service for X percent of the salary cap. Maybe that's a way to slow down a little bit and maybe you don't need that quarterback exception then. I think the NFL would have so much more fun in terms of just the free agency period if they adopted most of the NBA's free agency rules and contract rules and cap rules and just things like that. The way that the NBA works financially, I think it would make a ton of sense for the NFL to try and adopt most of those rules. Here's a question for you. With NBA fans... Do they ever look at the money that some of these guys are getting and go, I don't know, this is just crazy. Like, this just doesn't make any sense to me. I can't process this. Um, I, I think not so much the massive deals for the LeBrons and the Durants, but maybe a, the Cole Aldriches of the world, where you might look at some players who aren't even good and they'll make like 10 million bucks or something. And you say, okay, well, uh, how does this, how does this make any sense? I feel like. NBA fans are much more apt to say, get that money, my friend. Yeah. Whereas football fans, there's always been, I don't know if it's a football fan thing. It seems like they lean a little more pro team and a little more against players making more and more guaranteed money because that's number three on Jeff Schwartz's list of how to make the NFL's free agency more like the NBA is guarantee more money. And maybe it's the injuries that scare people off and they're afraid of their teams just getting stuck with a lot of really bad contracts. But everything's guaranteed in baseball. Everything's guaranteed in hockey, dangerous sport. Everything is guaranteed in basketball, dangerous for Achilleses of elite players. I mean, football is obviously way more dangerous, but it seems like where we are in terms of the amounts of money that NFL teams rake in, which is just uh, uh, almost like incomprehensible that they could have guaranteed, fully guaranteed contracts at this point in 2019. I'm with you. I think that the contracts should be fully guaranteed if they end up being a little less money. I think the players would probably take a little less fully guaranteed money than the potential to, oh, this is what your contract looks like, but really we're probably going to cut you with two years left when we don't owe you a dime. I think that the players would take the guaranteed money, even if it does mean a little bit less. I think that that would be a good trade-off for them. And when you look at uh, you know, the Vikings, for example, are one of the leaders for teams that are able to manipulate how these things are done, right? I mean, they, they usually, if whatever, if you see there is a five year contract with the Minnesota Vikings, that means three and it might mean two. Yeah. And really, and, and if that's we not just, even just the Vikings. If we just remove the shell game, it's definitely not just the Vikings. It's, it's all of them. If we just removed the veil over this and just said, okay, here's what these contracts really are. Here's the actual guaranteed money. And instead of Kyle Rudolph's contract being, and I'm, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but instead of three for 40 instead or whatever it was, it's three for 12 or 14, but it's all guaranteed. That's what he's actually going to make, probably. Yeah. So I, I think they would it would make them look worse. It would make them look like they weren't getting as much money, the players, but they would actually be probably getting more over time more actual money which is what matters i I don't care how much money it looks like i'm making i care about what my bottom line actually is right exactly 
All right. Well, feel free to weigh in on this. If you would like to see more madness in the NFL when it comes to free agency, 651-646-8255 is the number. We're going to take a break. And since I am off tomorrow, our random NFL reporter of the week is coming up next. It is Jay Binkley from 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. We'll talk a little Chiefs, the interview you didn't know you needed when we return here on Purple Daily. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. West the third down back here. We have seen the Raiders sell out blitz twice in this game. They bring minimum rush this time. Now they're throwing down the field, adjusting the rock caught. It's caught by Demarcus Robinson, and he's wide open near side. 20, 15, backpedaling into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now it's time to take you on a journey to a random NFL city for a football breakdown you didn't need. Down and dirty, rolling in the mud. Yes, that is right. We will get down and dirty, roll in the mud in Kansas City this week for our football interview that you did not ask for or know that you needed in your life. From 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, Jay Binkley. What's up, Jay? Hey, not much. Random city today. Kansas City, love it. Oh, yeah. We, each week we go somewhere, and people <laughs> did not know they needed to talk about the Jaguars or Bengals or whatever, and yet they end up loving it. So, um, well, it's always football season. Always football season, isn't it? That's exactly my theory, Jay, is uh, yeah. you could take me anywhere in the NFL, and everyone knows everything about every team because of fantasy and stuff like that. So we try to you know, peel back the layers a little bit on some of these teams. Kansas City is on the schedule for the Minnesota Vikings this year, and I guess where we have to start is with the Tyreek. Kill situation. So, what do we know about uh, how much we're going to see Tyree Kill this year? Is he going to sign a contract extension? What is happening with Tyree Kill? Man, so much, <laughs> so much to digest of the Tyree Kill uh, situation. So, when the news first came out, you know, we had the recording and the, the uh, district attorney here in the uh, area that he lives in. Uh, declined to press charges against him. So they said that Tyreek Hill was not going to have charges. He's in a relationship. Um, I'd say it's a toxic relationship uh, with the fiance that uh, just not going well for um, either one of them. And Tyreek Hill had some evidence, and he was ready to share it. The NFL came in last week, met with him for about eight hours, and supposedly it went well. Supposedly it went well. Uh, for Tyreek to kind of clear himself um, out of the mess that he's in. And I, I think the Chiefs did the right thing. Obviously, they had to go through the Kareem Hunt ordeal. Uh, Kareem Hunt was not forthright with them um, and lied to them and consequently was released. But they took a different approach to Tyreek Hill. And listen, both are great players. Kareem Hunt led the NFL in rushing, still released him. Um, you know, on a Friday night, just boom, released him. But Tyreek Hill, they waited on because I always thought that they had some kind of evidence that uh, would eventually show uh, that he was in the clear. And it looks good for Tyreek Hill in this situation. 
Yes, Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports. Uh, you know, we was real tied in with the Chiefs because he used to be the Chiefs beat writer uh, before moving on uh, to Yahoo Sports for the to cover the National Football League in general. And he was talking about the contract extension uh, for Tyree Kill. So I assume that will be back on the table. I don't think he's going to command the Michael Thomas-type money that they came out in the same draft. But I, I, I do feel that that is on the plate now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, what we've all been kind of waiting for, and then this this was kind of a mess in Kansas City. The court of public opinion was real quick uh, to condemn Tyreek when they heard about this and say he needs to be off the team because of the previous uh, incident before the draft. And then when the facts started playing out, the temperament changed in Kansas City. So uh, let's give this guy a chance. Let's see what's going on. Let's let the facts play out because oftentimes that's what we need to do. We need to step back from things and realize that there's always two sides to a story. Let the facts play themselves out. But it's worked uh, in his favor. Now, the question is, will the NFL do anything? And that's the biggest thing because they will, they will do things even without being charged, as you guys know, that even if the, there's no um, charges and process to uh, – in court, that they will still do something. They did this with Ezekiel Elliott. They've done this in other cases in the NFL. Um, but I think with Tyreek Hill, they're going to sit and wait. Do I think he could get a suspension? Yes, only because the NFL has a track record of doing this, even without charges being processed. I do think in this case it could be lowered. I mean, I was thinking four games could be lowered to two, but there is an outside possibility that nothing – happens at all if he was able to totally clear and absolve his name um, from the words that he used on a recording. Uh, maybe they had another meeting than besides what he said, uh, but he felt good about it. was ready to talk. He wasn't running from it. He was, he's been in Kansas city, but he, he was ready to share that information and the chiefs have done their homework on it and they do believe in him, but obviously he's an integral part to the Kansas City Chiefs, and it actually switched up their draft because they drafted McCole Hardman there, the wide receiver out of Georgia in the beginning. And I don't think they had any intention to take a wide receiver in the draft because they need defense so much. So that did kind of throw a wrench into what they did in the draft. But I would have fully expect Tyreek Hill to be a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. I fully expect him actually to be a training camp this year when it opens July 27th. All right, Jay, well, we can't talk about the Chiefs without bringing up the NFL MVP and Patrick Mahomes. Where does he go from here? Does he get better? Is there going to be regression? What's the next step in uh, Patrick Mahomes' development? I think he's going to get better. He's always going to get better. Andy Reid finally you know, has a guy that can make all the throws that he's always wanted. Andy Reid took over the play calling back. He had let Doug, Doug Peterson do it a couple years ago uh, when Doug went on to the Eagles. And then he but Matt Nagy, of course, the Chicago Bears head coach, uh, called the plays there for a while, too. But there was the last game of the season back in 2017 against the Broncos where Andy Reid took over the play calling back again. He used to do it. He took it back over because he wanted to see what he could do with Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes went in and beat the Denver Broncos uh, that day in his first NFL start. And then uh, Andy Reid worked with him extensively. Um, last year calling the plays, even going back and looking at Texas Tech film, so much so that the TCU, before they played Texas Tech here, Gary Patterson, the head coach of TCU, was watching Chiefs game film uh, to get prepared for Texas Tech, uh, believe it or not. But here's the thing. The Chiefs defense is vastly improved. 
You bring in a Steve Spagnuolo's defensive coordinator. It's part of an all-star staff. It is a gutted house on the defensive staff, and that's the biggest X factor. I went back and looked at Patrick Mahomes in high school, and he was scoring 50 points, 60 points in the state playoffs and still losing. Texas Tech, he had one of the worst defenses in the history of college football and still produced. Last year, the Chiefs' defense was so bad. So I am curious to see what Mahomes can actually do with a viable defense. And uh, so here's the thing. Will he be on the field more? I think so, because the defense probably will make some stops. He won't be asked to score 35 points a game like he has in the past. And, you know, he got 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns because he had to. He had to put points on the board. Chiefs scored 50 points last year and lost the game. (laughs) They scored 40 points in a game last year and still lost it, yet we're an offsides call away from going to the Super Bowl. But I think when you bring in a better defense, he won't be asked to be that guy to carry the team. Could he throw for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns? I think so. Is that as good as the season as he had last year? No, because he's got a better defense, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to be improved and keep getting better. Well, I was going to say, Jay, that it, maybe it's a good idea for him to play both sides of the ball. I mean, if uh, Otani can do it in baseball, this Brandon McKay guy is going to do it. I mean, quarterback safety, I'm just saying, they do it in high school. So, um, Well, he did it in high school. You know, he oh, did he? 33 oh. tackles in one year, sophomore year. So okay, all right. So, so I'm just saying, uh, we're talking with uh, Jay Binkley of 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. Well, on the defensive side, a lot of changes there, Frank Clark, and a guy that I have always um, kind of wished the Vikings could get their hands on in, in Tyron Matthew because he's such a unique talent, plus change of defensive coordinator. I mean, it seems like everything is lining up for the defense to not just be a little better, but possibly much, much better, Jay. Yeah, they switched schemes from a 3-4 to a 4-3. A lot of the talent the Chiefs had is actually more suited for that 4-3-1 gap responsibility. Yes, they lose D Ford. But D Ford always kind of had a soft label on him here in Kansas City. Frank Clark comes over. He's one of the best pass rushers in the National Football League, and he has been. And it was a situation where the Seahawks wanted to keep him. Um, they can't pay everybody. They can't pay the Piper when they have all these other guys that they have to pay. And the Chiefs zeroed in and said, all right, this guy would fit perfectly in Steve Spagnola's system. They go out and they get Emmanuel Ogbaugh and Alex Okafor on that defensive line. The Honey Badger comes in and brings that leadership you had with Eric Berry. Matter of fact, last year when uh, the Honey Badger was with the Texans, took all of two weeks before he was named a team captain. He's got that kind of leadership ability, can play six different positions. He played all over the field for the Texans. It is the perfect fit. Outside linebacker in a nickel situation, box safety, free safety, strong safety. He can do a lot of things, but keep this in mind, too. The Chiefs went out and got Matt House as their linebacker coach. And if people aren't familiar with his name, he's a, he's a rising star, an up-and-coming coach at Kentucky. And believe it or not, at Kentucky, he had the sixth best scoring defense in the nation. And before that, he was at Pittsburgh and worked with Aaron Donald. He's a rising star. He was a defensive coordinator at Kentucky, and he's just a position coach with the Chiefs at linebacker coach. So Andy Reid had to pick up a phone call. The Chiefs had to throw some cash at Kentucky to bring him over, but they did. They bring in Brendan Daly, who has three Super Bowl rings from the Patriots, as their defensive line coach. So the defense, and Pat Mahomes has admitted it, 
is throwing some wrinkles at him in OTAs and minicamp that he hadn't seen yet. So when we talked, will Patrick Mahomes be better or not? I think so. This, I mean, he was practicing against the Chiefs defense, which you or I could look good against <laughs> the last couple of years, but a viable defense I do think helps Patrick Mahomes improve in that area. But that's the one thing people aren't talking about. The Chiefs were on the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl with a horrendous defense. Mm -hmm. And the whole philosophy has changed with Steve Spagnola. Um, and that is something to look forward to. I think the Chiefs are actually better than they were last year just because now they still have that offense, but they have a defense to go along with it. People keep saying that the Chargers, like they do every year, the Chiefs have beaten the Chargers nine out of the last ten times. They've won the division three straight times, and Andy Reid owns the AFC West so much that he should probably get a Father's Day card uh, for the rest <laughs> of the division. Well, that's uh, that's the last thing I wanted to ask you about, Jay, was Andy Reid. Um, you know, I was watching not too long ago the a Football Life on Marty Schottenheimer and just how many times that I know these guys in the studio are laughing at me. Yes, that is what I do in the summertime. I catch up you on are, all the a Football Life. Yeah, that's right. Who, Who doesn't? doesn't? Uh, me. So I was, <laughs> I was watching it, and it, with Marty Schottenheimer, it was so fascinating. Just the, the amazing teams that were there in Kansas City, and how many times they would get more out of a quarterback, or what you know, older Joe Montana, or what was he there with Steve Deberg when he won eleven games, or whatever it might be, you know, wh whoever. And uh, with Andy Reid, I've always felt the same way, that Donovan McNabb was probably not quite as good as Andy Reid made him. Alex Smith, probably not quite as good. And Patrick Mahomes is finally this all-time great talent. But still, Andy Reid does not have that Super Bowl ring. If that, if that doesn't happen for him, how is Andy Reid going to be looked at in Kansas City? Will it be the same sort of reputation as Marty Schottenheimer? No, I think better. Andy Reid came in the situation when he came in in 2013. And 2012 was the, and I've lived in Kansas City all my life, is by far the worst season I've ever seen a professional team here, Royals or Chiefs. That's including the Royals, you know, dropping 100 games like they had a tendency to do in the 2000s. But since he's been in Kansas City, you're talking 11 wins, 9 wins, 11 wins, 12, 10, 12. I mean, the guy just wins. And he's never had the talent, especially on defense. He's more of a complete team. There was no bigger disparity between scoring offense and scoring defense than what the Chiefs had last season. But Andy Reid seems refreshed. I think he really likes this team. You can just tell it. Andy Reid strikes me as the guy that sits there and writes out plays, you know, sits at a restaurant. Uh, he just, just plays with Patrick Mahomes. And he lets Patrick do the things that are kind of unconventional. You know, Andy Reid is a conventional guy with quarterbacks, and he's accepted that Pat Mahomes will will throw across his body. He will throw without looking. He'll throw left-handed passes. He will do things, and he's accepted it. And he's built this offense around Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith, he got the best he could get out of Alex Smith, I truly believe. I think Harbaugh did to some extent. Urban Meyer did back in college. But I think Andy Reid got the best of Alex Smith, but he's never had a quarterback like Pat Mahomes. And that's always the thing in the NFL, that quarterback coach relationship. Mm -hmm. um, Andy Reid, when the offense would come off the field last year, would sit there with Pat Mahomes and just work with him. I mean, the defense would be doing their thing. Andy would let his assistants do it, but he would be sitting there working with Pat Mahomes. And um, it's kind of been his project. And, and Andy Reid's seventh all time in wins, 
in the regular season and postseason. He's two behind Chuck Knoll. Uh, this season could get him in the top five in history um, as far as having uh, wins in the postseason. Five NFC title games he went to, one AFC title game, one Super Bowl. I truly believe he will win that ring with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, that's the difference, right, is having that quarterback who can do special things because uh, no matter how great you draw everything up, if you don't have a couple of those plays that are just difference makers, I mean, you know, you could say the same for any of the greats, Montana or John Elway or Tom Brady, that they have to do something that you just can't draw on that napkin at the restaurant. Sure. And I think that he, I think that Alex Smith was the guy that could do everything you asked him to do and nothing more, where Patrick Mahomes can, can take it to another level. So I, I think they deserve to be right in that Super Bowl conversation. And I don't know how you feel, Jay, but I think Andy Reid is the most underappreciated coach when you go back and look at the accumulation of his success that because he doesn't have the ring yet, we say, like, oh, you know, he's a pretty good coach and he's always been around. But at a closer look, I think he's one of the all-time greats. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, look look at that Chiefs 2012 season. Um, They had the Javon Belcher incident uh, that happened that year. They, they they got the number one pick in the draft, two and twelve. He comes in two thousand thirteen, took the team that was the worst team in the NFL, and they were they started off that season nine and zero. They ended up eleven and five that season, and we're talking about a team that picked first on the clock in two thousand and twelve. And in one year, he flipped it without a lot of talent to eleven and five, and now he's finally got this thing up and running to what he wants. And yeah, he's a tremendous coach, and I do believe he'll get that ring. I mean, he's already. You know, climbing the charts as far as all-time wins with coaches, but now that he has his guy, now that he has Patrick Mahomes, I think this is the biggest difference for Andy Reid, and I think he finally gets it done. Well, Jay, we appreciate your time. Uh, one of the better random reporter interviews. So excellent job, Jay. And uh, people can follow you at Three Guys in a Garage, one of the more unique Twitters I think that we've had uh, as well. Right? That's your Twitter. Um, yeah, it was an old podcast. Believe it or not. <laughs> Back in oh eight, no no nine. I literally literally started a beer drinking podcast <laughs> that was sports in a garage and that uh, spawned into a radio career. So um any 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 of these young people that are looking for something to do, start that podcast and try to make it work because <laughs> It got me in the cover in pro sports just from drinking beer and talking sports in a garage. Well, you're very good at it, Jay. Uh, we had a great time talking to you, and we'll do it again when it's Vikings-Chiefs. I'm looking forward to that one already. Anytime you guys want to, let me know. All right, thanks, Jay. Appreciate it. Take care. That is uh, Jay Binkley, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City, and uh, a man who loves talking football. Three guys in a garage. Three guys in a garage. This is Twitter. I saw that. I was like, there's got to be some sort of backstory there because it's not like a show name for them. Anyway. All right. Uh, uh, more rankings. You love rankings. Let's do it. What are we ranking? We are ranking most talented rosters. When okay. we come back, I will tell you where the Vikings land and the one team ahead of them that is pretty questionable when we return. And hour number two, lots of Hall of Fame talk and hot routes with Rami Maklov. You are listening to Purple Daily. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We know that Mackenzie Alexander finished last season pretty strong, but just how strong did he finish? Well, PFF thinks he's poised for a breakout season in 2019 after finishing first in a couple categories among 83 cornerbacks to face at least 25 targets over the final seven weeks of the season. He also finished fifth 
in passer rating allowed at 55.4 over those final seven weeks. So Vikings fans, do the Vikings now have a third good cornerback on the team? And with Mike Hughes, do they have maybe the best depth at that position in the NFL? Let us know on Twitter at score North on Twitter. That's at S K O R North on Twitter. That's your score North download now back to purple daily. And a reminder that if you want to download the show here, Purple Daily, you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. You can stream on scorenorth.com if you use a PC or whatever it might be that the them people are using today. iPads, anything like that. Phones? Phones. Yeah, phones. Yeah, but I mean, I was thinking like, do people still use PCs a lot to stream through the website? Because if you have an iPad, this is a laptop, thank you, Danny, it's that's a PC. in front of me. It's, it's a, a personal PC. computer. Yeah. So they, that's what they PC stands for. They don't for. differentiate. No. This is a Mac. That's a PC. The one you're thinking of is a desktop. Oh, desktop. Yeah. I gotcha. Well, the pe- I mean, people in businesses still have How desktops. How are you? So you go to... It's 33. Scorenorth.com and click the listen live on your desktop PC. Easy for you to say. Huh? Yeah. Or if you you're in, it, it, if you're in this century, just download the Score North app yeah. available on, yeah. on well, Apple that, and you, Android. And if you have an iPad, you can get the app on the iPad, correct? Yes. All right. If you have an iPad, you, you probably travel? if you have an iPad, you probably don't have a desktop. You might have both, depending on how technologically sound you are. Or if you are stupendously 2019, you might have an Alexa, and you could just tell the Alexa to play Score North. You could do that. that. Yeah. If we figure that all out now, yeah. you can get us wherever the hell you want. All right. So there's it. our new yes. slogan. <laughs> Score North, wherever the hell you want. It becomes overwhelming. Yeah. It's like Facebook. We got an Instagram. We are. Uh, we were once on Twitch. I don't know if we're still on Twitch. I think we're still I don't on know Twitch. What Twitch is? I think we were um, broadcasting live on Twitch earlier this segment. We were. I think. I know we earlier were Facebook Live last and segment. maybe <laughs> Twitter. Was that Facebook Live or Twitter Live that we were on? Twitter Live? Periscope. Man, whatever. <laughs> like, I use some of this stuff, but some of it is over my head, and I understand that I am getting on the older side now. Like when I see the kids across the street playing on a trampoline, I think someone's going to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> don't want that to happen. All right. Uh, so ESPN ranked... All of the rosters by how much talent they have. All right. And the first team is the New England Patriots. Fine. Sure. If you have Tom Brady and you won the Super Bowl, you get to be number one. And Whatever. If, and if you were it, I'm not sure they have the most talented roster, but Tom Brady is still on it. So fine. You could put it number one. Number two is the Rams. And even though they lost in Dominican Sioux, it's mostly the same roster as they had before. So no disagreement there. New Orleans number three. Okay, all right. I can buy into that. New Orleans being number three. They have a lot of offensive talent. Elvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Drew Brees, assuming that he doesn't have any type of fall off. And they added a couple of offensive linemen. One via the draft, Eric McCoy, and then Nick Easton from the Vikings. So, all right, fine. You're one of the more talented teams. Philly is fourth. I'm still okay with this. Chicago fifth. Do we have any problem with that? I mean, I'm not crazy about Mitch Trubisky, but I, I think that that's if you take the quarterback out, it becomes a different discussion, which we've had, in which case maybe Chicago makes it. But I think that the quarterback position just isn't good enough there. I agree with you. I'm not sold on Mitch Trubisky being a franchise quarterback at all. I do think Tariq Cohen is an underrated, really good player. They have a ton of weapons. They drafted Riley Ridley, who I'm kind of curious about. 
Um, they have weapons all over the place. They added Cordero Patterson in their defense. They lost one safety, but brought in haha Clinton Dix. So still very, very good. Top-notch defense. Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack are two of the best players in the entire NFL. So is Eddie Jackson. I'm not going to fight with them being a top team, but if you're going to include the quarterback in this, I can't put them there because you have to weigh how much the quarterback matters to your success. And it matters a lot. It's the most important position in football, right? There's no question about it. So I, I do think that they're a little too high for me because I just don't think Mitch Trubisky is that talented. The Chargers are a really interesting one. They're sixth on this list. And they have tons of talent all over the field, especially on the defensive side with Bosa. And they have uh, great cornerbacks, Casey Hayward, Desmond King. I just I don't know how much longer Phillip Rivers is going to hold up. They do not have a very good uh, offensive line, which is a big problem with a quarterback that is of his age. So I'm not sure that I would put them at number six. That seems like a little high. Kansas City, number seven. We just talked a ton about them. They are one of the most talented teams. I but think they're a little low. Seven, I agree. I, I think, think I that would they put should them be a little of, bit higher. I would put them ahead of the, they have the NFL MVP. I put quarterback. them ahead of Chicago for sure. Yeah, I would put Especially them Especially if the Tyree Kill situation's figured out and he is going to be a part of their plans. Yep. We, we can talk all day about he might not be the best person, but there's no debating that he's a talented football player. Getting Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew on that defense, I think that they're higher. Honey Badger, man. They they deserve to be at least three or four. Yeah. Kansas City, because they're a top Super Bowl contender. Here's where I have the problem, though, with where the Vikings are ranked, which is ninth, is that the team ahead of them is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when you lose Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in the offseason, and your quarterback is... Not the same as he used to be. I know he led the league in yards, but when you look a little closer, a lot of it was Antonio Brown, as always, Antonio Mm -hmm. Brown. So I I feel like Roethlisberger is not the same quarterback as he used to be, closer to 10 or 12 than he would be the top quarterback in the NFL or a top three. And when you lose that guy, Antonio Brown, is one of the best players, I think just flat out one of the best players in the NFL over the last decade, and you're now going to tell me that Juju Smith-Schuster is a true number one wide receiver in the NFL, that that's one of the top ten most talented teams. I don't know if I can really get there. On the defensive side, they've got a couple of good players. Cameron Haywood is fantastic. But their running back is James Conner right now. No belief in him for me as a true number one back. They lost their tight end. And their offensive line is aging. I, I just I can't get behind this when you compare, especially across defense, to the Vikings that just have pro bowlers all over the field on the defensive side, two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I I really, I'm not sure why the Vikings would be behind the Pittsburgh Steelers on this list. I I can't get behind it. Pittsburgh's not the most talented team in their division. And we, they're the first team from the AFC North. I don't think that they're the most talented team there. Always find a way. I don't always find a way to shoehorn the Browns. Well, that's where I was going to, when we had the NFL, when we had the NFL.com rankings, Pittsburgh was not in the top 10 and neither one of us even remotely thought about bringing them up. I agree. I agree. Pittsburgh doesn't belong in the top 10. They're just not that talented. You can't lose to all pro players, have a quarterback that continues to get older in Ben Roethlisberger. We really don't know how good he's going to be or how good he actually is without bona fide weapons at the two at those two spots. Yeah, James Conner's okay. Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster's been good as a number two. But I think it's absurd to put them in the top 10. No, I agree. And I think you're going to be upset with this that ESPN ranked the Browns as the 18th most talented team. How? I don't know. I, I don't understand how they're 18. 
I understand that it, it hasn't been done on the field yet. I get that. But this is an on-paper ranking, and it's hard for me to find 17 teams with more on-paper talent than the Browns have right now. It, it is odd because right ahead of them is Baltimore, and I would not agree with that, even though I think Baltimore has a ton of talent around Lamar Jackson. But Baker Mayfield was better than Lamar Jackson last year, mm-hmm. even though he got them into the playoffs. They lost Zadarius Smith, who's a great player, to free agency. They brought in Earl Thomas. That's sure. a lot of talent right there, if Earl Thomas is the same guy. And they brought in Mark Ingram. They've got a good offensive line. I don't think that it compares especially on the defensive side, to what Cleveland has with Olivier Vernon now and Miles Garrett and Sheldon Richardson is their free agent signing. Denzel Ward is a young player who looks like he could take another step. A pro bowler is a rookie at the corner position. Demarius Randall had a great year at safety for them. If Greedy Williams is what they think he's going to be at the other cornerback position, that team's loaded. I don't understand how they're all the way down at 18. Um, Well, there is one area where I would uh, be concerned about the Cleveland Browns, and that is the offensive line. Sure. that The offensive line right now is starting at left tackle Greg Robinson, who... Everson Griffin in 2017 said in his weekly press conference, yeah, their left tackle is really lazy. And that was Greg Robinson. Now, he seemed to have turned it around a little bit last year. but He wasn't bad when once they put him in over Desmond Harrison at that left tackle spot last year. That's when things started to click for that Browns offensive line. Once Freddie Kitchens took over, I believe in, in week nine, Baker Mayfield was among the the leaders in terms of just not getting hit. He was hit. I think single digit number of times from week 10 or week 11 on through the rest of the season. So they protected him really well. And I understand that they don't have all those same pieces. They traded Kevin Zeitler to the, to the giants in part for Odell Beckham and Olivier Vernon. So I get that. It's not all the same, but 18 seems a bit ridiculous. You got a guess for who ESPN thinks is the least talented team in the national football league. Oof. Least talented team, the New York giants. Uh, the New York Giants are not the correct answer. In fact, I'm continuing to scroll up to even find the New York Giants. Oh, the 27th. So in the ballpark, Arizona is listed as the least talented team. It is Arizona okay. 32, and then the Jets are 31, Miami, and then uh, Buffalo is 29th. I am going on Buffalo Radio this afternoon as a guest. Nice. And I don't know what they're going to ask me about, but the Buffalo Bills are actually a pretty interesting team this year. Are you their random football guest of the week that they so. don't need? Yeah, I think so. I, I bring on some random football guests that I know that I used to work with or be in the media with in Buffalo who have now moved on to other places. And uh, Buffalo is an interesting team, so I'm excited to talk about them. Assuming they ask me about football. I guess they might ask me about hockey, they baseball. Could. Yeah, big day yesterday for the Wild. We have a good baseball squad here, I've heard, in town. All right. Thank you, Danny, for your time. Appreciate it. Rami Maklov is in. It is Hot Routes when we return. And some Hall of Fame talk, a very interesting idea being floated for 2020 Hall of Fame that we need to discuss with Rami Maklov. You are listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 
At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.